All right, guys, I have, to have a confession for you. I may have lied about who I am. Statistically, I'm a Chinese 26-year-old. Okay, I said it. It's not me. It's not Jordan from off the top. It's probably Muhammad, too. Just kidding. All those things were facts of the world. So the of the world is mostly Chinese, and the median age is 26. So obviously, you can tell that we are going to get into some statistics today, guys. Julian, how are you doing? Statistically, that is. I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm actually very interested to know that the median age is 26. I would have figured it would have been around like 32 or 34. So learn something new already. Yeah, exactly. And I find it really interesting, like kind of diving into the statistics of things, um, being that I'm in a master program that deals with econometrics, which is the, uh, if you guys don't know, well, you have a better life than me at this point. And so econometrics is the love child of economics and statistics. Uh, obviously, you know, it looks like Brad Pitt has a personality of what, what you'd imagine uh, statistics and econometrics together would be like. And so diving into some of these statistics about the world and, you know, seeing kind of like what what the numbers tell the story of in a world sense and in a human sense, I figured would be a really interesting podcast. If you guys don't remember what statistics are, or for some reason you kind of lulled through that class, um, statistics are a very helpful piece and findings of data that can make work or predictions and estimates more efficient and concise by using certain sample sizes um, and various you know, metrics or findings pulled in together to tell a larger picture. So exactly. And just in case that you're thinking about taking a nap, this is not what we're going to be talking about, the techniques of this, but we are going to be talking about some of the interesting findings of such. So currently, what I found is interesting talking about age a little bit is that the country with the lowest median age and median is just kind of like age in the middle is Niger with a median age, Julian, let, let me take your guess. Do you think it's above or below 18? I'm going to say it is below 15. Damn, shots fired, Niger. What are you going to do about that? Uh, actually, you, you are incorrect, thankfully, but not by much, which is unfortunate. The median age for somebody who lives in Niger is four or 15.4 years. You got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding you. That's rough. I was close, but um, a country is 15.4 years old. Um, when you think in the scheme of things uh, in the States, at the age of 15, you're getting your permit to drive a car. So you barely have any idea of the real world at that at that age. What I'm saying when I say median is that the majority of the people that live in Niger are 15.4 years old. So like that's right in the middle. So almost like your your average, which is insane. Like these the median age is kids. One thing to think about too as I like to think um, if you you know were to pick a place in the United States with the highest life expectancy, you'd probably figure somewhere that is warm, um, you know, somewhere that things are a little bit more peaceful. Uh, people are going to retire in and just enjoy their life. And I'm, I'm assuming that you've painted a picture of this warm and peaceful place that is surrounded by water and is an island by the name of Hawaii, where 
the um, highest life expectancy there is 81.3 years old. Exactly. So if you guys want to live long, you either do it in Hawaii or you leave the United States because the United States is about 39th in the world for life expectancy. So, you know, there's a tons of other places that you could be expected to live longer. And not only in Hawaii, but just to talk about the the dark side of these statistics too. Somebody has to come in last as far as life expectancy in the United States. And the highest life expectancy or the lowest life expectancy is in Mississippi with 74.9 years. Um, 74 does seem a little bit quicker than um, I would be expecting. And I guess I'm not in Mississippi to know, you know, those living conditions in that life. And so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting ways that people can like kind of bend the truth or even light up a certain story just in the in the name of statistics. So another thing not as much related to the like, you know, life expectancy of human beings, but almost like the the racial profile of the United States is right now currently, I think about half half Caucasian, and then a myriad of other things. I think the next one is Hispanic and then Asian. But if we think about it in a sense of the future looking in it's been projected in about at about like 2055 that whites will not be the majority of the population anymore in the United States and not in the sense that there is going to be less whites than there is another type of race but what we'll have is about 48% white, 24% Hispanic, 14% Asian and 13% black in the mix which I find just kind of like like you could see the tide and the shift of you know how a population is like acting in that own statistic itself. Julian what do you think? I, I think it's uh, it's very interesting to see the diversity coming into um, at least stateside and you know if you look historically that um, obviously we see America in history as being predominantly white um, over time and to see that kind of that switch to more people coming to America and assuming that this is considering people who are U.S. citizens that there will be more U.S. citizens eventually of you know diverse backgrounds ethnicities colors um, homelands essentially to you know make the Caucasian percentage um, drop below that 50% or below that majority is truly fascinating. It definitely is. And another thing that I feel like is like an interesting thing as far as like the statistics go is how much people earn. And so in like a country, you'll find like a GDP, which is the gross domestic product. I'm sure all you uh, non like numbers or like economics people are probably throwing up right now because of all these all these nasty words. But so GDP is basically how you GDP per capita is how you estimate how much somebody like how much a population earns. So per person in the US, the GDP per capita is $55,800. And that's ranked 19 in the world as far as GDP per capita. So the there are countries that are just like bawling on another level at the like, you know, first place or second place or even like top 10. That's not the US as far as GDP per capita. Julian, I want you to take a guess in the basically the number one spot for GDP per capita. Um, in the US? Yes. Oh, um, I would say it would have to be 
I'm not, I don't know a state, but I'm going to say go out on a whim and say it's somewhere in the Midwest related to oil. That's, that's obviously you didn't say state, but you're pretty on point. So believe it or not, what you guys can impress the next, impress people with the next like a uh, party you have, you can drop the line that the high, the state with the highest GDP per capita is North Dakota. Oh, wow. Yeah. With $72,719. And I, and I bet that 72% of people that live in North Dakota don't want to live in North Dakota. That's not a real number, but that, that's my guess. They might want to if they're about that money. <laughs> and like, I feel like the colloquial whipping boy of the United States, once again, we have Mississippi bringing up the rear. And Julian, I, I want you to guess about this one too. Above or above or below $38,000. So if Mississippi has the lowest life expectancy and... I can assume that if the average, you said the average median uh, salary was around 56000 55000 55000 yes. I'm going to say that Mississippi is below average significantly to be below, below 38000 You'd unfortunately be correct in that assumption as well. So the, so just a relative like, you know, marking stick. So the average GD or like the GDP per capita of the United States, once again, is $55,800. And the GDP per capita in Mississippi itself is a just disheartening $34,784. So more than $20,000 less. How crazy. Yeah, that's a, that is a good grip of cash. You know, $20,000 can do a lot of different things for a lot of different people. I, I Yeah, it sounds like Mississippi... No offense. If you live in Mississippi, we're sorry. But Mississippi doesn't sound like a place I want to be. I was going to say, I'm going to extend the olive branch. Uh, everyone who's from Mississippi who's listening to this podcast right now, just reach out to us and tell us the good spots about it. Because I know that there's a reason that you're trading off your life and your money to live in that place. There has to be. There, there's probably good barbecue down there. Or there's something. There's something. And with statistics, people can also make very educated estimates, right? So those numbers we've kind of just spewed off there. Um, I've been taken from figuring in different sample sizes. But some people, like Nate Silver, um, use statistics to predict you know, the outcomes of elections, um, you know, though they may not know the exact outcomes, they may have, you know, see a significance in a certain place that is allowing them to predict, you know, this state is going to be a quote unquote democratic state or, you know, a Republican state. And so Nate Silver in 2012 surprisingly used statistics to successfully predict all 50 states outcomes. And one of the big things for this was because he was able to, with these statistics, it takes out all human bias and, you know, things you might be hearing on CNN or Fox News and looks directly at the figures to predict all 50 states in which way they're going to vote in 2012. And that's just the perfect like, illustration of how statistics are so powerful in the sense of it tells a story but it could even tell a story that you didn't know existed. Sometimes you need to like make sure or see something happen to know it happened. But in statistics, you can take an educated guess and be on point, like in this example, of what is going to happen or in sense, be a future teller of numbers. Exactly. And, you know, with statistics, there's also some things that you find that your odds are a little bit lower 
or statistically, you don't really have a chance. Um, and, you know, a great example being in March is March Madness. So you have to get a perfect bracket. You have a one in 9.2 quintillion chance. So, yeah. So it's quintillion, quadrillion, trillion, billion. So can I, may I may I help on this number? <laughs> may I embarrass myself? Nine quintillion, 223 quadrillion, 372 trillion, <laughs> uh, 36 billion, 854 million, 775,808. Which is 18 oh, digits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I've besides, like I've never seen a number that large in some in something's odds and the reason why you have to think about this is there are you know one through 16 seed in four different brackets there's i think essentially 64 games being played and to get those odds you know if you're a so to speak three seed you could win every single game and win the championship and then there is another millions of chances that on other sides of the bracket you know the one seed loses the one seed wins then the one seed loses in the next round and so on and so forth so you know if you get anything close to a a perfect bracket you know whether it be um you know you got 80 percent of your picks right 90 percent of your picks right you should be very stoked or you should just chalk it up to luck. And a few other wacky statistics out there is that the odds of an asteroid hitting the Earth, which obviously, like, you know, we've the dinosaurs can talk to us about that, leave a Yelp review about what happens when asteroids hit the Earth uh, with the Chicxulub asteroid. But the odds of that happening is one in 5,000. So that's extremely low, you think, for such a thing happening. Yeah, it's extremely low, especially when you put it in compare comparison to the odds of you being in an area or being involved in a terrorist attack, which we see on the news every single day, every week, is one in 9.3 million. So you are more likely to be on Earth when it gets hit by an asteroid than be in an area with a terrorist attack, which blew my mind. I thought it would have been those numbers would have been flipped. Yeah, it's um, I, and I'm glad that they're not, to be honest, because I mean, when you think about asteroids hitting the Earth, you think about a huge impact that is going to rock, you know, like and take another moon piece chunk out of the Earth. But it's it's more of basically these things that like space rocks that burn up in the atmosphere and, um, you know, or land into the ocean type thing. And you'll see some of the notable ones happen in the, you know, like, you know, in random places, but not that often. And if you guys are ever on a game show, there is um, it's called the Monty Hall program. So I'm going to take you guys on a little journey. Close your eyes. You're, you're on your favorite game show. You win your prize. You're on the final step to get this prize. There's three doors. There's a red door. There's a blue door. And there's a green door. And so you're asked to pick the first out of these first ones. You're asked to pick one door. And I don't know what color you picked, but I'm going to say you pick the red door. And then the host goes on and he goes, all right, let's see what was behind the yellow door. It opens the yellow door. There's nothing behind it. Then he gives you the option to pick between the red door and the green door or the and so if you stick with the first door your chance stays the same at that 33.3 percent from when you first started but when you pick that second if you switch colors after that yellow door is open there's nothing behind it 
you have a 66% chance to win. Now knowing that, if I'm ever on a game show, I'm always going to switch my pick, um, which is super interesting to see how statistics come into play in scenarios where you could be winning big. Once again, I hope that this podcast kind of introduces you to the ability that looking into the numbers or thinking about something in a more of a statistical or even mathematical way can change the game as far as how you perceive things. And that's a perfect example or even an example of how we estimate like population size as well. And the fact of, you know, you have this mass of people in a town and you can't really technically count them all. But what you do is you take statistics and the numbers of saying, okay, this is how dense this population is. This is how many people live in like a certain area. And so we're going to estimate with a birth rate that the population is X or Z. And, you know, if you... If you want to make your own sample size or your own sweet statistic and, you know, be able to tell people that 100% of people find you attractive, you know, just ask your mom. She says, yes, sample size of one, you know, answers. I hope it's 100% because your mom's saying you're not a good looking um, son or daughter, then you're going to be telling people that you're at a 0%. So, um, you know, maybe you can skew those sample sizes, but I uh, I think you should uh, at least have one in your bank. So I hope you guys enjoyed enjoyed this podcast and learned something out of it and gained something from it as far as numbers go in the future. Yeah. And uh, just remember, 60% of the time, it works all the time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>